Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, Ghostbusters fans, and welcome to the Interdimensional Crossroad Podcast for the week of October 15th, 2018. This week on the show, we have, uh, well, it's, it's a lost episode. Kind of. Uh, I'll explain a little bit later. But uh, what we're going to be doing is this is an extension of an episode that happened two weeks ago. It's going to be a fun one. We have your voicemails and some fun discussion about Halloween movies coming up. Stay tuned. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Troy uh, by himself just for a quick second here. How's everybody doing out there? It's uh, it's mid-October. We're almost uh, to Halloween, which uh, next week you're going to be hearing the uh, amazing uh, WGBI mixtape from Mr. Chris Stewart himself, the annual tradition that he always seems to do. Uh, but uh, So here's here's what's happening this week. Um, we're... <laughs> Two episodes ago, uh, Chris and I, as we have a tendency to do, uh, we recorded for about three hours long because we were talking about uh, your uh, Halloween companion films to Ghostbusters, what you like to watch with Ghostbusters every Halloween season. Everybody had these really great uh, ideas and and gave us these awesome voicemails with all of these wonderful uh, titles. Um, But what ended up happening was Chris and I talked about every single one of the movies that you guys... (laughs) Uh, called in about, uh, which is very fun, and uh, was it was a great discussion that Chris and I had. But what happened was when we put the episode together, it uh, it was like way too long. It was a three-hour spectacle uh, of Lawrence Arabia proportions uh, that was just a little too cumbersome for one show. So what we ended up doing is uh, we saved all of that discussion for this week's show. So what you're going to hear is the voicemails that you heard two weeks ago, and then uh, the discussion that you did not hear two weeks ago. Uh, it's, it's kind of a fun, um, I guess, deleted scenes episode that we have. It's not a lost episode because it's not something that we recorded and then we just set aside, uh, even though we did. I don't know, it's weird. So uh, so before we get into that, I do want to mention um, David W. Collins, who is a podcaster. He's a sound designer, um, lo- lovely person, uh, a very great advocate for the Star Wars fan community out there. Um, he did this great show, if you haven't heard it, called Star Wars Oxygen. Uh, that was a podcast that uh, chronicled and analyzed all of the Star Wars scores and what the themes meant and how they related to the films and how uh, Luke Skywalker's theme was a hopeful and and it just it's such a great analysis. I don't even want to try to summarize it because he does such a great job. But uh, David W. Collins has a new show called The Soundtrack Show, which is on the How Stuff Works podcast. And uh, he decided uh, that his next film score that he was going to target and analyze is the Ghostbusters film score from the original movie uh, by Elmer Bernstein 
And his first episode, it's a good, I want to say 30, 45 minutes long, and is a wonderful discussion, a wonderful analysis of Ghostbusters, uh, focusing mainly on the main theme and Dana's theme song, um, and also talking about the the unique synthesizer that was utilized by Bernstein and his orchestra in that particular uh, score. So I highly recommend it. Go check it out. The Soundtrack Show by David W. Collins. It just came out this past week. Uh, and it, you you have to listen to it. It is required, absolute must listening for all of our Ghostbusters fans out there. Uh, and then one more quick news item. Uh, yes, Ghostbusters World coming out on the 22nd of October. Don't forget, if you haven't pre-ordered, uh, I mean, it's free, but you can pre-order and then you immediately get it when it comes out on the 22nd, uh, and you can be one of the first people uh, to start building up your Ghostbusters crew. So don't forget, October 22nd, uh, that is coming. And so... Without any further delay, here is myself from two weeks ago. Old old Troy, take take it away. <laughs> They're like, that's it. We quit. We quit. We're not listening to you anymore. Uh, so let's uh, let's go to Justin from Kansas City, who's going to tell us about uh, his uh, companion films that he likes to watch every single year with Ghostbusters. It's it's what gets him into the Halloween mood. So here is Justin from Kansas City. Hi guys, Justin from Kansas City. Got a couple of companion films for the uh, Ghostbusters I always watch around the holidays. A couple of them are family-friendly. First, I would say Monster Squad. Second would be Ernest Scared Stupid. And then the uh, third one that's not quite as family-friendly is uh, The Frighteners. Excellent choices, uh, Justin. Yes. Monster Squad, yes. Ernest Scared Stupid. Ernest Scared Stupid, I know. I think uh, Mr. Yukeba. If, if you're listening, I believe that that's one of your favorites as well. Um, that That's a good one. That was a little later. Like it yeah. was kind of aimed younger than I was a little too old for. It was like early 90s, wasn't it? Now that, yeah, because I'm in. Ernest was, Goes to Camp was late 80s, I feel. I was in university by that point. So yeah. it, was, it did not hop out at me. Although years later, because people kept talking about it, I did go watch it and it is quite good. And it's actually a little scary in places. Yeah. Uh, and Jim, Jim Varney, uh, man, he, uh, he really turned that character around. Like he really, <laughs> he really made that his Pee Wee Herman and, and, uh, made a, made a good living off of it. But, uh, Oh, have you read about that character? Like, no, uh-uh. uh, it, cause it's a, I think it's a ground, he's a groundling. Yeah, well, I think it was a, it's, it was a similar story than like Paul Rubens and Pee Wee, right? Like it yeah. was his weird, bizarre character that he came up weird with. Bizarre character uh, took it from the stage in L.A. Groundlings uh, started turning it into ads is what kind of made it popular. That went into movies, and then between movies, he was doing like corporate videos and stuff like that. Like he totally, oh. like he cashed in on Ernest in ways we're not even aware of. Yeah. And that's before you get to, at its peak, there was merch and videos <laughs> and all that sort of thing. Like, so it's one your of first the best- day at McDonald's, Vern. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> One of the best-selling uh, videos uh, in the uh, the golden years of the VHS rise was uh, a, a, a compilation of all of his shorts and commercials and stuff like that. Like it was just hmm. uh, crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, about- admittedly, and, and he had a Saturday morning show uh, yep. that that was one of those where I was like, oh, something else is on. I had to turn, you know, because you always had your lineup. You had to go from ABC to CBS for one thing. And then yeah. like, okay, I got to watch, I got to watch Ghostbusters. Then I got to watch uh, <laughs> whatever the Wayne Gretzky all-stars one yeah, was. that Pro stars. Pro stars. That was it. Yes. Pro stars. Pro stars, by the way, kids, were a real <laughs> serial. 
and they were basically star-shaped Cheerios with a little bit of sugar coating. There you go. Like they were every delicious. themed cereal was, basically. But oh, I ate that. Actually, you know what they are? If you want to know what Pro Stars are, go buy uh, multi-grain Cheerios. Because for oh, whatever reason, yep. multi-grain Cheerios have that little light sugar coating to it. That's hey, exactly hey, what Pro Stars are. You're were. ruining my alibi here. Multi-grain Cheerios are the healthy ones. If 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 a certain grocery shopper is listening, multi-grain Cheerios are the healthy ones. I am the I am let's put it this way. I secretly in the night, like some sort of parental uh prohibition era bar owner, am mixing regular Cheerios and multi-grain Cheerios into an old multi-grain Cheerios box just so my child is not eating pure uncut multi-grain Cheerios, okay? That's how bad it is. Pure uncut multi-grain Cheerios. Um, uh, that's our next t-shirt, by the, the way. Next anyway, t-shirt. You yeah. mentioned uh, Mr. Yakaba. He, uh, Monster Squad, yeah. uh, fun fact, one of the last times I was back for a Ghostbusters-related thing. What was it? It might have been the, the VR, VR thing. thing. Yeah, he came with us to that, yeah. You could not make it, but he joined me for a, uh, um, a matinee. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was a weekend right. matinee of the Monster Squad at the- uh, the, the, the New the, Beverly. The, Beverly. The New yeah. Beverly Theater. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that. I love the New Beverly Theater, and I'm very curious to see how it cleans up after the restoration. Uh, but- what was great about it, packed house, one half film nerds, and a lot of kids. A lot of people, yeah. like it's well, a rare opportunity. Their matinees are usually the kids' shows. So it's usually yep. like uh, Muppets Take Manhattan and half the audience is kids. And that's why they needed to restore the theater because the kids destroy <laughs> it every single matinee. It's, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it's pretty run down even before the kids get the, got there, let's be honest. But uh, the kids can't be helping. Um they did the the New Beverly treatment where they had like a Volkswagen ad uh, oh, yeah. involving Frankenstein monster. Like they ran that in front of it. Yeah, all their and ads and trailers and stuff that they cultivate fantastic. beforehand. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and then the print was from the UK. It had the, uh, the UK film board uh, <laughs> oh, rating funny. thing run at the beginning. Like that's where they found a print of Monster Squad. So I approve. Oh, my God. I approve of Frighteners. Um, Frighteners is, if you go look at it, it did not do well in the box office, and I'll tell you exactly why. It's a very good example of the studio did not know what to do no, with oh, the movie. Oh, they totally missold that movie. 100% uh, missold that movie. Yeah, It is a dark comedy. Yeah. Uh, if you watch it now, you will recognize its style and tone in so many things we watch now and we take it for granted. And they did it then. It's a, it's a, is it a Steve Jackson? Yeah, it's a Steve uh, Jackson. Peter, Peter Jackson. Peter yeah, Jackson. Peter Jackson. Steve, yeah. Who's Steve Jackson? Oh, uh, um, Slimer. No, oh, that's Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson. Oh, you're tired. You got oh, this. You can make boy. it, buddy. We're so close to the finish line. <laughs> I at least hope it's hilarious. In a, in a, oh, look at that poor man sort of way. Uh, um, yeah, Peter Jackson, because uh, it was the birth of Weta. Like it was, yeah. I'm going to make this movie here and I need effects. And they pretty, I mean, they, they kind of look older now, but oh, man, they did some great. amazing stuff. They still really hold up. Yeah. It is a... It is a dark comedy, uh, and if you watch the trailers that they ran on television and all that, they were like, look, it's wacky Michael J. Fox Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's like, they made no. it out to be like they wanted to cash in on <laughs> Casper, the success of Casper, <laughs> no, and no, that no. is not what it is. Yeah. It's 
It's about the ghost of a serial killer. Okay, kids, here we go. Um, it's it's about the ghost of a serial killer, and then um, the I, subplot I, with his his dead wife. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of really dark stuff. But then, but what I always tell people, they're like the frighteners. I'm not familiar with that one, and, and I tell them it's Ghostbusters. If Walter Peck was correct and the Ghostbusters were frauds, like we're that's frauds. basically what the premise of that movie is. <laughs> Sort of, yeah. He is a con man. He actually does see ghosts. That's the funny part. But the cons uh, people out of money saying that he's money. a ghostbuster, and yeah, he's um, not so much trapping them so much as talking them into just not being there. And for the most part, there was nothing there in the first place. It's just the ones he's friends with. Yeah. Um, it takes like a left-handed turn into House Two territory with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, names are not great. Gomez Adams, help me out. His son uh, is a hobbit. Uh, 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 yeah, Sean Aston. John Aston. John Aston uh, yeah. plays an old like cowboy prospector kind of guy, and like, it it it's conflated in my head with House Two because there's an old rotted cowboy, undead cowboy in that one too. But uh, like, it's just it's. <laughs> Uh, there's like a half rotted basset hound like ghost. It's just, <laughs> and it's, yeah, the themes are, you know, dealing with the grief of, a of, a a lost family and loved one and, uh, and all set to the background of a, uh, serial killer. It's just, yeah. it's like, yeah. and they tried to promote it as a wacky, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Mickey and me too. no. No, no they, made it, they, they were like, did you like Back to the Future? Because Robert yeah. Zemeckis also produced it. So they were That's really true. trying to cash in on Back to the Future. And then Casper mistake. had come out mistake. two years before. I was yeah, year it was a really bad mistake. And yeah. it shouldn't be because it's yeah. really, really good. It's funny. Uh, Jeffrey Combs in, is in it as uh, – <laughs> this is the best part because you're like – uh, it's about Ghostbusters if Peck was right and they're frauds. And I'm like, yeah. And Jeffrey Coombs is like, if Mulder actually did run into <laughs> scary stuff all the time. Like he is, it is Call of Cthulhu type rules on poor Jeffrey Coombs' character. Yeah, yeah. He has lost his mer- Sheriff, you are invading my territorial bubble. Uh, he is... It's 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 got to be seen. It's got to be seen. And channeling his inner Crispin Glover too a little bit. Oh my but, God. Um, Yeah, my body is a road map of pain. <laughs> um, am I doing this? Am I moving it with my mind? It's um, so good. See? It's yeah. I quote it. It's you that quote good. It. It's a good movie. It's a really good movie. And uh, Monster you know, Squad, uh, Monster Squad, Frighteners, and what was his other one? And Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, we yeah. talked about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's go. Uh, let's go to Corey from. Oh, uh, thank you, Justin. By the way, for that entry. Those uh, very good. Good. Unfortunately, picks. you did not win, but those are really good picks. Good uh, Corey from Kansas. Let's go to another Kansas City uh, uh, native. This is Corey. Hi. This is Corey calling from Kansas, and I was racking my brain trying to figure out what a good companion movie is for Halloween and Ghostbusters, and then I realized. It doesn't matter what movie you pick because Ghostbusters goes well with anything. If you want to watch something serious like a Halloween movie, you can say, all right, let's lighten it up and go with Ghostbusters. If you want to watch a less serious movie, like, say, Hocus Pocus, then you can say, serious and watch Ghostbusters. Um, so that's my answer is every movie is a good companion to Ghostbusters. Corey, that's, uh, your heart was in the right place. You're, you're pandering to the audience. I, I, I realize what you're doing, saying that every movie is a good companion to Ghostbusters. 
That's um, like the. That's like. Hey, thank you, Master. You have three wishes. My first <laughs> wish is a million wishes. It's like no. <laughs> Can't uh, do that. Now, by Corby's, the way, we're also we're also on to Kansas too. They seem to be trying to like stack the deck here yeah, as well. Somebody in Kansas really wants this IGT. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all right, so Hocus Pocus, uh, Chris, where do you where do you land on the the Hocus Pocus train here? It, I'm on board. It's okay. It it like uh, Ernest scared stiff, scared stupid, scared stupid. Yeah. Uh, same thing, like roughly same time. Like I feel like my end of my high school or beginning of university, uh, not aimed at me. It it, but it resonates with generations of kids that were of the right age to go see it. So again, in later years, I actually remember. Yeah, that would have been right, like uh, early university, because I actually remember. Oh God, here we go. In my day, working at the video store, I remember the poster coming out. All right, all right sit down. Take your medicine. Uh, Everything's okay. Uh, pudding. <laughs> um, and I actually clearly remember, not only because the I remember the poster coming in because it was an early example of like uh, Photoshop posters where they compiled elements together. Oh, right. I remember and, that. And yeah. I'm looking at it going, that moon... <laughs> is not situated right. Like there's a big full moon behind them and I'm like, they've done something to that moon and I think it's a little off. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It is, uh, all I, all you see is Bette Midler and, um, Sarah Jessica uh, Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker. Kathy Najemi? Who was the other? Kathy Najemi, yeah. Yeah. As the three of them and they're, they are, they are chewing up the scenery. Yeah. It is, Again, initially at the time, as you know, snotty twenty something, I was like, now I'm like, hilarious! This is amazing. Like they are crazy, but it has, it feels to me, and it still does a lot. Like, uh, I mean, they're still making them. Like, what's the one with uh, uh, Debbie Reynolds, the Halloween Town or whatever uh, movies? There's kind of an ABC after school Halloween. It's it's very, very PG. It's focused on a brother sister pair. Is that right? I, it's been so long since I've seen it. I I think so. I think there's a brother and a sister. Yeah. Uh, and it has, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a cat. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's that sort of thing. It's kids having a run in with something scary, and in it, there will be something scary that they end up not being scared of because it it just wants to be good and help them. Like there's some very similar yeah. themes with the let's put it out on TV and it has to be safe for TV because kids will be watching it sort of thing. It's so it's not like it scares me or anything like that, but I can kind of see the 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 tonal you know the yeah. the Halloween yeah. tone and theme they're going for, and yeah, it's it's pretty good. I feel like Hocus Pocus is one of those, uh, I, I, I think you, you hit it right on the head when you said, like, I looked at it and I was like, nah, like, I feel like I saw, I saw the ads for it and I was just kind of like, yeah, oh, no, that looks stupid. But then, uh, it, it kind of, it became clear to me that it was like the next generation's, um, uh, do you remember the Mr. Boogity, uh, movies that they had on Wonderful World of Disney that I, it was... Yeah. 85, 86, but it was that yep. same sort of thing. It was um, 
uh, what's his name with the mustache and glasses that played the dad on everything and his <laughs> kids and this Beetlejuice ripoff showed up and, but yeah. it, it was that family friendly ABC kind of like, and those held a special place in my heart. And then when you go back and you're watching me like, oh, those were not good. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Boogity, uh, Goosebumps, anything that uh, yeah. is... I guess it's tween. It's a tween movie is what it comes down to. Yeah, I guess that's exactly it. I don't exactly it. think they had the term going at the time, but that's what they're aiming it at. It's uh, it may be a little spooky, but they can watch it for the, you know, like the, um, uh, whatever you want to say, like six to 10 year olds. And then like the 11 to 14 year olds totally into it. And then, you you know, the kids get a little too old and they're, you know, trying to watch Nightmare on Elm Street when mom and dad aren't looking yeah. and all that is yeah. what it amounts to. Um, so, I mean, I, I understand the love for it. I, I just don't, unfortunately, share share the love for it that everybody else has. But um, I've, I've kind of put it aside. I, I, I watched it. it. I'm glad I saw it. Uh, I would recommend it to people. And this is the thing. Uh, I'm kind of anticipating that in a couple of years, I'll probably bring it out to as Halloween fair for, for me and Thomas, right? Like, it, it, it's... Um, you know, it, it it'll be a you know a, a a safe step on the road to yeah, you know, to provided he's still speaking to me, eighteen year old Thomas watching you know Prince of Darkness with, with his <laughs> with his dad, you know, Violet Ramis would be proud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah. Uh, so so yeah. So uh, good try, Corey. The every movie uh, I I like it, but unfortunately, not not the winner. We also uh, refuse to talk about. Every other movie, so yeah, uh, yes, we don't have the time. As much as it seems like we love uh, talking for hours, uh, no. Any other day, it. we'd go for it. But, uh, you totally, know. totally. Uh, all right, so let's get the Kansas contingent out here and finish it up with Vince from Kansas City, uh, who uh, who has his number one film. Here's Vince. Hey, fellas, my name's Vince. I'm calling out of Kansas City, and I'm here to tell you my companion film for Halloween. You guys already took. The one that I like the most, which is the uh, Big Trouble in Little China. And then uh, my wife is also a big fan of Second Sight. Therefore, it's not just you. So, therefore. Uh, also, to say, the number one film that I'm choosing this year is The Frighteners. Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. Love it. Terrific movie. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, thank you very much. Happy Halloween. Have a nice time. Be safe. And bye for now. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you can find it, Second Sight is uh, Second Sight is it's very much like a TV movie. I think I've said that before. Yeah. Uh, just go in with an open mind. It's not high art, but if you go in looking for goofy fun, you'll find it. Uh, and then we we yeah we've touched on Big Trouble in Little China, and Frighteners. Yeah. yeah, Big Trouble in Little China. Excellent link to Ghostbusters because it shares a location. Correct. Uh, a downtown Los Angeles location that I have seen people conspiring to break into uh, when they come for FanFest. <laughs> and I would like to remind people that breaking and entering in uh, Skid Row of Los Angeles is probably ill-advised. Oh, so I ill-advised. just don't want to see anybody get hurt. So please don't do that. Anyway, <laughs> continue. It's very fun because you can actually see where they uh, use... <laughs> They use the like a fire pole uh, opening. The pole's not there, but they have it covered, and they open it up, and that's the sewer access from within 
the fire hall uh, down into the the crazy uh, Chinese mythology. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say the, the the tunnels that lead to Lopan's hideout in this. Uh, <laughs> It's very easy to see. Uh, there's some good wide shots, and you can see the layout, and you're like, "Oh, this is," and the walls and the tile, and you're like, "This is absolutely." Oh. In a couple of places, they cover over stuff with faux uh, standout extensions of the wall and the tiles, just yeah. to cover some things up. But it's it's a, yeah, and actually thematically, the idea, like I said, this this kind of action comedy supernatural like supernatural action comedy from the eighties, uh, tonally right out. Like you could, you could see the two having a crossover yeah. or you could see repurposing uh, big trouble, little China as a ghostbusters, the role-playing game uh, campaign or something like that. So, uh, so, so indulge me for a second here, Chris, because what you said just jogged my memory about something that I was dying to talk to you about in this show. And it, I think it kind of tangentially well, works I hate here. talking, so. Exactly. Well, it, it, it kind of, it ties into our companion films to Ghostbusters and also ties into Big Trouble in Little China yes. to a certain extent here. Uh, so, uh, ladder 23, the location, the firehouse where they filmed big trouble in little China, also the Ghostbusters headquarters, uh, appears in a film called the mask, uh, with Jim Carrey, uh, which just happened to be on TV two or three nights ago. And we were watching it and I was like, Oh, I, I don't really remember a lot about this movie. And I enjoyed it. Uh, watching the credits down, I was surprised to see at the very end of the credits that Harold Ramis gets a special thanks at the end of Jim Carrey's movie, The Mask. Really? What the hell? How? What? Why? When? I've looked high and low. I can't find any reason why Harold Ramis, he was never attached to the movie. Um, I don't think he wrote on it. Now, here's like one of those things where you're just like, it's one of the, like a rabbit hole that you go down. I'm trying to figure out why Harold Ramis was involved in The Mask in any shape or form. Boy, this would have been a good one. Uh a month back when we were talking to yeah, I, <laughs> to it, Violet Ramis Steele. Yeah, but so the only thing that I can find is um, Chuck Russell, Charles Russell, uh, was a producer on Back to School, which we know that Harold Ramis wrote for Alan Metter, and that was the Rodney Dangerfield movie where he goes back to college, so on and so forth. So, um, so Chuck Russell, the director of The Mask, may have been friends with Harold Ramis. I'm wondering if Harold Ramis did like a ghost write rewrite on the mask. Like maybe he did a comedy punch up. Maybe he did some sort of work. Yeah. Special thanks get used a lot when I, I just finished reading, um, uh, but, but at the two gentlemen who, uh, started, uh, uh Reno nine one one. Oh, uh, Tom Lennon, Tom Lennon and Ben Grant's. Yes. Yeah. I, I read their book, which is actually a really good read. Anybody who's interested in in uh, screenwriting in Hollywood, it's fascinating to read because they are completely not taking it seriously and joking, and they're not kidding about a, a, a single thing. They yeah. just take you through every step. And they talk about the rules of um, – you know, who gets to do a script and then who gets to, you know, how it gets passed on to somebody else to make a pass and then how things are credited and, and all this sort of thing. And in there somewhere, they made a throwaway reference to if somebody contributes, but wasn't really in that a formal thing, special thanks often comes up. So I think you're right. I think in the making of it or maybe back and forthing on the script, they felt there's a bit that wasn't working or there was a logic loop that they 
didn't yeah or Harold watched a cut before they were doing reshoots or something and, and had helped feedback. guide them on the yeah, yeah something so but I think that's probably what it is like it's it's I I would love to know what he did though yeah we just gotta just, find Chuck Russell now we'll have to talk to Chuck Russell I actually funny enough I may have his contact info from working on Back to the School so uh, <laughs> stay tuned on that maybe I can actually reach out to him and see what happens. Um, but anyway, so, uh, thanks Vince. You, you spawned a great tangent there with your big trouble in little yes. China entry. Uh, let's quickly go to, uh, Jacob from the circle city ghostbusters. Hey guys, it's Jacob here from the circle city ghostbusters calling with my Halloween companion film. Uh, every year I always watch, uh, the army of darkness. Uh, I watch it every year while I'm carving a jack-o'-lantern and usually after the kids are in bed. But I, I just love that movie. It's, you know, it's fighting the supernatural and everything, kind of like Ghostbusters, but, you know, really funny, a little more plasticky and silly, but definitely a, a great horror comedy matchup and probably one of my all-time favorite movies other than Ghostbusters. Good one, Jacob. I mean, Army of Darkness, that's, uh, to me, that's not just a Halloween movie. That's It is a really good Ghostbusters <laughs> because of the horror comedy thing. Uh, yeah. Good good companion film uh, uh and just at the end of the 80s or was uh, it just inside the 90s 90s yeah it was like 90 90 91 yeah if not 93 94 1990 yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just on the tail end of the 80s there yeah okay but the stop motion effects and the again the comedy aspect of it uh, a very good companion to ghostbusters uh, uh, Bruce Campbell, I still maintain, at least back in the day, would have made an excellent Ghostbuster. But uh, yeah. yeah, and actually, the funny part, he kind of is, even though in their mythology it's fighting deadites. Yeah, it is. You know, he's very much a Winston character. He's a, an everyman. Yeah, that, in, in these otherworldly uh, scenarios, otherworldly scenarios, fights it with doesn't really fight it with magic he's bad at magic uh even though there is magic and 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 powers you know dark powers and all that fights it with his fists and gun and at best he makes himself a mechanical hand like it's yeah there's something very there is even (laughs) they didn't do it in ghostbusters it wasn't quite as stylized but there is the sequence of well i'm gonna make myself a fist now (laughs) and he turns a a, an iron you know a, a suit of armor gauntlet into a working hand like there's even bit with him like screwdriver on it to get it it's, it's yeah just pulled out of pulled out of nowhere like it's the, like the proton packs how does it work uh, uh look basic feasibility yeah. is what it comes yeah. down to and then it just serves as a a way to launch him into the the action and you know have at it so uh yeah i think it fits yeah, definitely, definitely fits. And and that was one of that was my front runners for a while there. I was like, oh, that's so good. That should have been mine. But uh, but we have we have uh, we have a few contenders. I'm sorry, Jacob. It was a very valiant try. Army of Darkness. 1992. Army of Darkness. 1992. And I think Jacob knew that he was playing. He was. Uh, it was like when you play Cards Against Humanity and you're trying to play the card for the person that's next to you. You know that they're going to pick it. I think Jacob knows that I have a soft spot for Bruce Campbell. So I think he was. <laughs> He was trying that. But nice try, Jacob. I saw right through you. Uh, you know, I got to meet M. Beth Davids. Oh, really? Yeah. What? She was shooting. It wasn't part of Blade. Oh, it was part of 13 Ghosts, the ah, 13 Ghosts remake. Yeah. It was here in Vancouver, and I got to go do a set visit, and I had a very surreal conversation with acting and all that with uh f murray abrams 
Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, chat with M. Beth Davids, who was uh, lovely to talk to and lovely to look at. It was actually, like I said, it was a bit of a brain palate cleanser after the the borderline philosophical. F. Murray Abrams was a very nice guy, too, but he just... (laughs) Since I tend to... My set interviews and articles were less focused interviews and more like impressions and it was a tad more gonzo <laughs> I, I wasn't really steering him so whatever he wanted to talk about we just chatted with but by the end i was like wow that was all over the place um actually uh i don't think anybody mentioned into this 13 ghosts actually is pretty fun too yeah 13 ghosts is a fun one and and yeah it was not on anybody's lists uh that called in yeah that uh under underrated uh matthew lillard um Again, there's a, it's, it's, it's a really, it's not the deepest or greatest movie ever, but just, and it was, basically what it did is it kind of took that, uh, let's say second wave, um, what's it called with the Cenobites and Pinhead, um, Hellraiser. Oh yeah. Hellraiser. Yeah. After Hellraiser, there's this second wave of torture ghosts. Does that make any sense? Yes. In, yeah. Like, like well, after the start Hell, of Saw, yeah, we're yeah, kind of getting into that pre, territory. Pre Saw, yeah. like Saw was just around the corner, which was like you know torture horror. Uh, and somewhere in between then was like Hellraiser and and Saw was a bunch of movies. Like um, this is a good one too. The remake of House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. not deep, not great. It has Jeffrey Combs in it. Well done. Um, but it's just about really freaky ghosts. Actually, uh, Slavica Jovan in House on Haunted Hill. Oh, is she really? I yeah, didn't she's know that. a she's a nurse ghost. She's a creepy nurse ghost. Oh, uh, funny. And I know this because the movie came out, and on a uh, 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 <laughs> a younger, prettier, full head of hair proton charging actually uh, covered it, and that's how I got to talk to her because uh, that oh. one interview I did with her via email was because that movie was coming out and she had a publicist who threw her at basically everything and that's how I got to chat with her but anyways oh, how funny uh, but yes uh, I don't want to diverge too much uh, do I win by the way if I list these things <laughs> am I in the running uh, I mean sure I, th- I think I think <laughs> I think that's possible. I didn't, we didn't really stipulate that in the rules here, but I think uh, if we had a, like a, a a Roy G. Biv color palette of you know light to dark uh, uh, of the of the all these movies, you could start with Ernest and the Witches on one end, and you'll hit uh, kind of Frighteners, uh, Big Trouble, Little China in the middle, and then yeah, you get to the far end, and it's House on Haunted Hill, and yeah, uh, you get into your your, your West Craven movies and stuff. Yeah, um, Tony Shalhoub, oh, Tony Shalhoub, dealing with again the the loss of a his wife and all that, and a house designed specifically again. All these are ample fodder for anybody who wants to play Ghostbusters the role playing game. Just just <laughs> lift it wholesale just and mind, go with mind it. Mind these stories. Oh, the mind concept. These stories. The concept of a house where the the interior has been ripped out and uh, and replaced with like heavy duty uh, uh, plexiglass floors and walls, and then etched with runes so that ghosts can't float between it. Like they actually are stuck with the same physical coordinates as you are, like in a hallway, in a room, have to go through a door, sort of thing. It's uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Sorry, um, I'm, just wa- I'm watching it in my head now. You carry on. And, that's uh, okay. All right, so all right, let's let's do this. We've got two more left. 
Uh, so go. what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to play them both in succession and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about both of them because, uh, I, I hate, I hate to spoil it, but one of them is the winner. So, uh, here's, uh, here's Andrew from, here's Andrew from the Ghostbusters Reaper division. And here's uh, Sam from the Wisconsin Ghostbusters. Hey, what's up guys? This is Andrew calling from Ghostbusters Reaper division coming to you from Los Angeles, California, calling in with regards to your Halloween movie compendium list. Uh, I've got a pretty long list here, but the uh, ones that I like to work with the most every year, um, some have been added recently, uh, are the ones I'll name off. Uh, not in any order, uh, we have The Exorcist, Poltergeist, The Entity, which is a really great movie if, uh, if you haven't seen it yet. It's one of them, it's an older, uh, you know, paranormal movie uh, where a woman and her family are haunted uh, in their house. Uh, great special effects for the year. Highly recommend that one. Uh, we have The Conjuring, uh, any of the Insidious movies, uh, obviously Ghostbusters, part one or two. Um, and I only say that because of the fact that uh, their creep and scare factor, I would say, are a little bit different um, compared to the newer ATC. Uh, you know, their special effects were live and, uh, you know, real, you know, you can touch and feel them. So the scare was a little bit different, in my opinion. Um, CGI just tends to kind of get to me a little bit. Uh, no hate on the third part, but one and two just have a little bit of a different factor in them. Uh, the Craft, and lastly, The Shining. Um, of course, the original, um, and that would be my list. So, of course, uh, a paranormal spook kind of haunt theme going on there, but of course, us being Ghostbusters, what else would you expect? What's up, guys? This is Sam from the Wisconsin Ghostbusters. I'm calling with my IGT submission. This is my first time calling the answering machine, and all I can hope is that it's actually an answering machine with a tiny cassette tape. And the way you guys are keeping this voicemail alive is by scouring the world, looking for these tiny cassette tapes. And every time you have, like, a good one, you have to save that cassette tape. So it's one less cassette tape that is going to keep this answering machine alive. Uh, I'm going to try not to ramble too much. <laughs> anyway... So my submission, my Halloween companion, is 1985's The Midnight Hour, starring Sherry Belafonte and LeVar Burton. It is everything that you would want out of a TV special at that time. Got vampires and werewolves and zombies. And if you're sitting there thinking, like, I ain't going to watch that trash because it probably doesn't even have a musical number halfway through, well, my friends, think again, because it absolutely has a song and dance halfway through the movie. Sherry Belafonte at a party just breaks out, and everybody joins in on a dance. Uh, so that's what I got. That is my Halloween staple. I watch it every year with my family, my children. And my favorite part is just the fact that the werewolf is completely batshit crazy. And is just always like flailing around doing weird movements that I'm doing in my truck right now and you guys can't see me. <laughs> All right. I also don't sleep very often. I have, I have kids and, and I haven't slept in 10 years. So forgive me if I'm a little weird. Uh, that's all I got for you. Happy Halloween. You guys are awesome. Keep it up. All right. Uh, I think, Chris, you and I can hands down, uh, without a doubt, uh, claim 
proclaims Sam from the Wisconsin Ghostbusters the victor, not just because of his funny voicemail, because props to you for uh, giving us good quality audio content here for the podcast, sir. But dude, Midnight Hour. I'm dying. (laughs) That song stuck in my head. Like going back to whenever that ran in the 80s. I I remember this. I I had like vague... uh, f- fuzzy memories of this movie and then after after sam called and left the voicemail i went and it's it's all on youtube the it's best on part YouTube, about it is 100 yeah. of the movies on youtube and i remembered probably 90 percent of it maybe 85 percent of it i it was one of those that i don't know why it stuck in my head it is it is pretty out of control crazy uh but it also really works with ghostbusters he's absolutely yeah. right like that same kind of like 1985 vibe carries through the uh, the heightened like uh, uh, monsters and it all of it just it works so well that's that's why sam is the winner because uh midnight hour is one of those where i i did not think about it quite honestly until he yeah left us that voicemail and then i thought oh oh it's, yeah um, i remember that it takes a little bit of hunting to find it's it was a it was a made for tv um, on ABC, I, if I remember ABC, correctly, yeah. c- continuing our ABC TV movie discussion here. As such, it um, it's weird because again, talking about stuff that was made PG, this wasn't really aimed at kids. The era it came out at, it feels almost like somebody said, "What if we made a less gory, more lighthearted?" Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's about teenagers, so it has all that stuff of you know, like uh, high schoolers about you know going out and uh, uh, partying and drinking beer and hooking up and all that. So it's kind of got that, but there's no super horror going on. Like Not it's, really. I mean, and it also kind of plays off of of the thriller music video in a few instances. Like, yeah, the, at, at one point they're like their cheerleader costumes are one hundred percent like somebody watched John Landis's video and was like, yeah, just just do that, just do I, that. I just want to do that. Um, it um, it's got that one good song, Sherry Belfonte, uh, who is one of the teenagers, I believe. And she's descendant from, like it's it's a it was very interesting too. Like there's uh, the 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 idea is that it's a small town New England. Uh, all small towns New England have some sort of Salem esque past with witches, yeah. uh, and the curse of this past witch takes over the town. Um, seems to turn most of the kids into creatures and monsters but that doesn't stop them from having like a dance party <laughs> like uh, lavar burton gets turned into a vampire for a right. bit it's yeah. um uh it's a very strange one and it is really uh really good and the funny part is actually 1985 it's the year after ghostbusters so it's it's yeah, very trying, era appropriate yeah really trying to 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 cash in on that um, on that tone there i um, vaguely remember dick van patten being super creepy for some reason in that movie too um uh, peter deloise is in it uh, yeah yeah he's one of the the kids um kevin mccarthy is in it um dick van patten's in it oh this is such a yeah, tv dick, uh, yeah yeah 
and I believe one of them. Oh God, Sheila Larkin. Yeah, there's oh, so many. Kurt Kurtwood Smith was in Kurtwood, it. Kurtwood yeah. Smith is the the dad to one of the kids, and he's the chief he's like of police. Yeah, I was gonna say he's like the cop, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's a great there's a great bit of him it's like like stepping out into the town square and you know pumpkins and leaves and kids in costume but anyway it's like halloween my least favorite time of the year like it's just <laughs> in in ways that only he could do exactly. um now for for those of you that are out there listening to there there was another interesting rabbit hole that i went down again having revisited this film for the first time in 35 years probably um was uh, I was like, who who did they get to do this movie? When you're watching it, it's like it feels very John Landis. It feels kind of in that vein, uh, maybe on the verge of being kind of a, a a fledgling trauma director or somebody too. It's it's kind of got that kind of a vibe. To I know it. where you're going. Um, so so I'm like, who who did they get to direct this? Thinking it was going to be somebody totally crazy, but unbelievably, to my surprise, uh, Jack Bender who directed some of the most memorable uh, episodes of Lost and uh-huh. uh, uh, Sopranos and... Alias. Alias. Yeah, I mean, he's he's of that sort of J.J. Abrams crew. Yeah. Uh, this was one of his first directing projects. Like he, right. he had done a few episodic TV shows before this, but then uh, this, this was kind of like one of his big, like, all right, kid, let's see what you can do. Um, and it's unbelievable to think of like this guy whatever lost started 2005 six when did lost Something actually like start yeah. somewhere in there so uh you know taking him a good you know 20 some years to get to a point where he's directing these big budget things for jj abrams yeah i talk about <clears throat> a dude paying his dues but then now i want to go back and revisit it knowing that fact like seeing how this was kind of his film school and how he treated a lot of these things. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, again, uh, is it any wonder why you're the winner here, Sam? Like this was a really <laughs> good poll, dude. So, yeah. uh, so here's, here's the thing, Sam, uh, you are our winner. Um, but the one thing that you didn't do in your very creative, awesome voicemail is, uh, we don't have metadata on our tiny little cassette tapes that you mentioned. Um, so I don't know how to get in touch with you. So if you're out there and you're listening, uh, hit, hit us up with your contact info so that we can send you your, your prize package. That's, that's uh, the one we, you have to, you have one extra step because of that. I, I, if, do we have time to quickly look at the other one? I, I don't want to feel like not yeah, only oh, did he true. not yeah, get Andrew, picked, the Andrew, runner up. Here's the thing because, and, and I kind of, I think I've skirted over Andrews because we're running long and I'm like, oh God, we could talk about all of these all movies. Of these. He's like got a big hour. list. Yeah. Well, um, quickly, quickly run through it. So Conjuring, we'll put that aside. He's not wrong, but that's fairly recent. That's got its good hype yeah, going on Insidious, with like the nun. Insidious, same thing with that. Yeah. Uh, Insidious, Conjuring, all kind of of a of a, an era and that era being now. Um, what else did he have there? Uh, uh, Exorcist and Poltergeist, uh, classic Poltergeist staples. Poltergeist yeah. is an amazing pick. Uh, that, like I said, I can see. I mean, I know he kind of had a scatter shot. And apologies, to, <laughs> back to Kansas. There, you said everything, and let's be honest, that's Infinity. Uh, well, not technically <laughs> Infinity, but that's pretty large. This is a large list, but it was at least vaguely confined. But I can see kind of why you got to run up with this. Poltergeist is 
Ghostbusters, but they have to play by the you know how there's like D and D where it's a little fast and yeah, loose and fancy, yeah. And then there's that whatever the uh, there's that side game I forget what it's called. It's got a wheel in it, wheel of fire. I can't remember, but it's uh it's like playing D and D, but it's got these super crunchy uh, reality rules. Yeah, like, like you, you got cut. See if you die gangrene, like stuff like that. It's, it's, <laughs> You took a fall. You don't, and the fall is not a nebulous five points hit point. It's like, you broke your leg. You may die. They have to cut it off. It's that sort of thing. Uh, Poltergeist is that to Ghostbusters. It has the scientists that, uh, uh, that come to study the ghosts and all that. And the ghost. So yeah, ghosts are, the ghosts are not that fun. They're not that goofy. Uh, they're downright scary in a couple of places and these scientists come to study it and um, they don't, you know, they got video cameras. That, they're like the Ghostbusters at the start of the movie is basically what it amounts to. And they're, they never get around to proton packs. Yeah. And uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, stab at Ghostbusters without having to take credit for it, basically. <laughs> That's right. Um, that, there's a lot behind that one. There's but, a uh, lot behind that movie. Uh, but, what else uh, did you say? Sorry, what was the first one before uh, Poltergeist? Um, Exorcist. Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah, very similar, like dealing with the supernatural, but just yeah, no proton like packs. Exorc- yeah, Exorcist and Shining were his two that I felt like you could watch those and then Ghostbusters is your palate cleanser. Like Exorcist yeah. and Shining are always very like movies that drain you and you, you feel uh, either... Uh, terrified, exhausted, a little bit of column A, a little column B, and that's when you need to like, I'm going to watch Ghostbusters just to kind of yeah. re- recharge. The Shining is essentially Ghostbusters and the ghosts win. Yeah, <laughs> and make you go crazy, basically. Uh, yeah. There's no way to, or, or there was no way to call out to, from Vermont to New York to uh, get the Ghostbusters <laughs> up there and the ghosts win. Um, Although a proton pack was- and a hedge maze would really come in handy. But yeah, so I saw, I saw a small video clip. I have to, it's some new Disney thing where obviously some current era animators working for Disney, uh, wanted to revisit the, those, uh, by the way, that none of you recommended all the scary Disney stuff, like the, the Halloween or spooky themed Disney stuff for shame. <laughs> Um, but there was a lot of great, uh, great ones where like, there was the one where Mickey and Donald and Goofy are actually in a haunted house and all that. Obviously this person wanted to revisit it, but being that it's now and being that it's not aimed necessarily at younger kids, they're in like a, a bone hedge maze and they, and they're slightly more grizzled the three of them. Yeah. And they have like a voiceover doing Mickey, but it's not like Mickey voice. It's, you know, it's, it's this deeper voice. I think there's an accent and they're kind of like, you know, we wondering and how long would we wander and wondering if we would ever reach our, and you're, and Donald comes running past him with a giant club and just starts bashing his way through the hedgerows. Uh, and then gets to the castle door and it's like the castle door. Oak door is 25 feet tall and three feet thick. Chained with a... <laughs> and he just bashes down the door and goes on in. Uh, yeah, proton pack and a hedge maze would be uh, would be pretty amazing. Um, actually, again, great Ghostbusters RPG idea. The guys in a hotel so huge, they'd have to use walkie-talkies. You'd be like wandering like the Sedgwick times five. You know what I mean? Like just huge. 
and trying to hunt down what's going on and they're all split up and oh yeah that'd be I, I like that you're mining all of these for your uh, your DM. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, for all that free time I have. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, but uh, good yeah, picks. Good, all good, good picks. picks. Did Andrew. we miss any? Uh, no, that that was that, that was, was all it. of them. Okay. Uh, but uh, so yeah, so Sam, reach out to us. Give us your contact info so we can get you your prize. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for calling in on your voicemails. If you still have uh, movies, that voicemail line is always open. Uh, we'll we'll find an excuse to send you some some cool free stuff if you have a good uh, pick. So if you have hit us up pick, on the voicemail. Uh, yeah. Send it in anyways. Cause, uh, it's almost that time of year where I'm going to be yeah, putting together the Halloween on the mix, mix uh, tape yeah. there. Uh, and I, I was listening back to the old ones and I do love it every time I get to move to like a trailer. I love listening to trailers. Yeah. And like I said, all these suggestions are going to get uh, sampled in there. Definitely. Um, and if you want to get yours in there, do it. Cause yeah. I think, I think what happens every time we do this, uh, sort of like finding out that I'm not the only person that watched second sight. I like that. We're kind of sloshing around our, uh, uh, what we love, uh, and the things we like and sharing them and all It's kind of fun to like, we all know we love ghostbusters, but yeah. stuff close to, but not necessarily a given that everybody's seen the same stuff. It's nice to recommend, uh, these oh god midnight hour if you like I said it's yeah. on YouTube you 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 I'm glad you showed where I was there because I'm like I had to torrent it way back when it was not I was not up there and uh, and 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 the version on YouTube I mean uh, again not to really promote piracy but the version that on is on YouTube is really clean like somebody found a three quarter inch uh, broadcast master of this and put it up on YouTube it's really good I think <laughs> but, it did have a limited DVD release oh maybe okay that would make sense yeah because it it looks clean enough to have been like a digitized uh something or other but it's uh uh yeah so it's a um, sight it is absolutely a sight check check it out take take sam's advice and check it out don't wait another minute pick up your phone and call the professionals go, 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 go stoppers i'm sorry we'll do it again we want to hear from you leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742 that's 4702-GBHQIC we also have a Facebook page and Twitter accounts. Friends is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroads. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. All right, so there it was, the lost and or deleted episode from two weeks ago that you did not hear. Uh, as you noticed, we are pushing almost about an hour here on this particular show, and you can understand why uh, why it ended up on the cutting room floor from the two-hour episode that we aired two weeks ago, uh, which just would have been too much. But uh, anyway, so uh, since Chris is not joining me, uh, here's, here's what's going on. Uh, both Chris and myself have some pretty hectic schedules uh, over the next couple of weeks, so that's why... Uh, we have decided to do this. We did talk about it last week in the show, and uh, I won't I won't uh, bring it back up again. But uh, I've got some deadlines and uh, some some personal stuff going on, and uh, Chris has also got some deadlines. And uh, it was Thanksgiving for all of you Canadians.
Lions out there last week. So uh, we we have a couple of uh, quote unquote pre-recorded episodes that we've got back to back here. So we will be back uh, talking about all the news, uh, talking about Ghostbusters crossing over. All of that will be happening uh, two weeks from when you're listening to this, probably. Uh, but, uh, until then next week, what you're going to be hearing is WGBI. That's Chris's awesome mixtape, uh, for the holidays that you can put on at your, your Halloween party or, uh, while you're listening to work, uh, he puts in, uh, film clips and music and trailers. And uh, I do understand that we are, we're going to bring up these, uh, Halloween companion films one more time next week, uh, because he's taken inspiration from all of your voicemails and he's added some trailers and some music from all of the discussion that we had, uh, in this week's episode. Have you gone cross-eyed yet? I hope you have got the ball of yarn and you're drawing all of these lines because uh, it sure is not making sense to me and I'm the one talking about it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, before I further confuse myself, uh, see you all on the other side. Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh. Next week, though, Careless Cats. We're so good.